Radio. Let's talk pets. Hi, welcome to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm your host, Liz Palaka, with my good friends, Petra Burke. Hello. And Kate Abbott. How do? And this podcast is going to be a little more somber than most of ours. I'm sure we'll have some good giggles, but for those of you who've listened often recently, I just lost Bones, my oldest English Shepherd, eight years old, very unexpectedly. He developed a very aggressive vascular cancer, and I saw symptoms about a month ago, and they progressed very rapidly, and I had to let him go and we're going to talk about that process learning to watch your dog or cat your pet seeing something different finding a diagnosis learning to see when it's time to let them go you know because most of us we don't want to do it too early we don't want to wait too late it's finding that balance learning to watch your pet and then how what happens We'll talk about going to your veterinarian or having someone come to the house. And then what happens afterwards? So it's going to be somber, but when we love pets, dogs, I know it's a doggy dog world, but cats are in this too. Uh, (laughs) uh, When we love pets, we're going to lose them. Unfortunately, they don't live long enough. Would I have loved to have Bones another seven or eight years? Yeah, I always figured he was going to be the long-lived one but we don't get to choose. So that's our topic for today. Like I said, Bones was had a, a one-month progression from the first symptoms to actually he was his organs were in the process of shutting down when I had the vet come in. It moved very, very quickly. And I worked my way through my veterinarian to the emergency room to a specialty clinic before I got the diagnosis, because, of course, my boy wouldn't present anything, quote-unquote, normally. (laughs) It wasn't anything that I ever would have second-guessed. It wasn't anything I could put my finger on it. It was something different. And then by the time we got the diagnosis, he had just days. So it was very, very quickly. Thankfully, from the diagnosis, I did have a long weekend that I could spoil him because when we got the diagnosis the veterinarian said i asked so how much time do we have thinking it was days maybe a couple weeks he said hours or days nobody wants to hear that nobody wants to hear that but i did take him home and spoil him gave him anything to eat he wanted and for a couple days he was really good and then the third day i could see him start to decline and it was time to make the decision you posted about the amount of time that you spent cuddling, which was not typical of me. No. Bones was not a cuddler. He was always close. He'd be in bed. He'd be on the bed with me, but not necessarily always touching. If I was moving around the house, he went from room to room with me. If I was sitting in a chair reading, he was always close. But his last night, and I invited him on the bed, and he laid down next to me and was touching, had his hips up next to me. 
And I was reading and trying to distract myself. So I was reading. I actually had a pretty good book. And every once in a while, I would reach over right next to me, rub him, scratch him, and then go back to my book, reach over, rub him, scratch him. After about five or six rubs and scratches, when I'd touch him, he'd shift. Like, <laughs> ah. And then I'd reach over him, and then he moved a little bit more. And finally, I reached over to touch him, and I got this big, exasperated, ah, and he jumped off the bed. <laughs> you know, I was trying to show love. He was going, you're being annoying. <laughs> How can I sleep when you're being annoying? <laughs> it's like, Mom, I'm up here touching you. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> so that was just him. You know, it, yeah. it wasn't anything different. It was I was being different. Right. <laughs> At least I wasn't hugging him and squishing him. If I was hugging and squishing him, he'd have been very upset because that was totally not the normal. Yeah, and you guys came to the house and let them all run around and you would never have known. I would not have guessed it. No. If anybody would have seen Bones the two days after you got the diagnosis, you would not know. He was running was with weird. the other younger dogs who with no health problems whatsoever. Here he has this bleeding tumor in his lower intestine and he was leading the charge all the dogs were running after him he, petra has a little mini ranch and in the middle of the front area it's not really a front yard yeah. but the front area there's a round pen for the horses and bones was the only one that made the long full speed run around the round pen everybody else was taking the shortcut and here he goes he's got a terminal diagnosis he's passing blood because of this tumor and here he goes around the round pen, and he, when he comes back, he's all smiling, his eyes are bright, it's the best thing in the world. That gave him more joy than just about anything. <laughs> and a day and a half later, he was gone. It was just, Petra and I were watching him the whole time going, He's sick, right? <laughs> he, right? Did they diagnose him right? He has a sure? bleeding tumor, right? <laughs> what? But you know what? I told Petra at that time, if he pushed himself too hard, and passed out and died right then and there. Yes, I'd have cried, but I'd have also been happy for him. Yep. Because doing what he, you know, to do. doing what he loved to do, mm -hmm. the only thing that he liked even partially as well was doing his therapy dog work with his, his kids. But COVID shut that down. And he's been missing that for about a year and a half. But that was the only thing that he liked remotely as much as running and getting all the younger dogs to chase him. Okay. Being the leader. Being the, the leader. Uh -huh. They must chase him. Yep. <laughs> and when the, the two girls, Willow and Seven, were getting stronger and bigger, both of them bigger than Bones, there were a few times on that run around the round pen that one or both of them would pass him. And he didn't. Oh, he hated that. Did not like that. And the next pass around, he ran harder. It was like, they passed me. That's not allowed. And the next time they went, you could see him just pushing it. And then I think the girls realized he didn't like it. And they kind of let him win a little bit. They pushed him hard, but they let him win a little bit. They didn't make it obvious, but we could both see. Yeah, she we could see it. We could see it. She's not pushing herself as hard. <laughs> it was like, yeah, yeah, be nice to the old man. <laughs> but that was quick. 
when Gina, your Rottweiler, and Walter were getting older, that was a much longer process for both of them. Yeah. And harder to see. I mean, yeah, first Walter lost some hearing, then he lost some sight. But he was still happy with life, so... He was toddling around, but... Yep. Even other, when he was almost totally blind, he knew the training field so well. And the other dogs actually were being much better with him than I expected. I expected some of the younger dogs to be rude and run over the top of him, but just about everybody was... I mean, that didn't happen very often. He still had some feist in him, yeah. And, well, and they had been taught by him to respect <laughs> <Right>. him. <laughs> Big German Shepherd still laid down to say hi to him. Yeah. And for a long time, as Walter started to age, Bashir was there to protect him, too. True. And then we lost Bashir. But the, the younger dogs were still being pretty respectful. Now, not Quill at home. No. My terrier does not speak other dogs' languages well. And so he would growl to let Walter know he was about to step on him. Well, Walter was deaf and blind. <laughs> and Quill wasn't about to move. Yeah. Oh, same, similar issue. He's been spending some time at a friend's house if I have to be gone all day, and she has a dog who was born deaf. And so if that dog comes along and starts digging in the blankets next to where Quill is sleeping, he will, and you can just see him going, I'm telling him to move. And of course, the deaf dog is completely oblivious, and it just fries Quill's brain that he's not paying attention to him. So it was, uh, yeah, there was a... Quill did not mourn. He celebrated more. Oh. Don't have to worry about anybody stomping on me. So how did you go about deciding that Walter was ready to go? Or it was time? He quit eating. And he quit trying to follow me around the house. And those were major indicators. Bones quit eating a day and a half before I let him go. And I knew that was a big one because he was a big eater. Nothing interfered with his eating. And unfortunately, it was at the height of COVID, so I was trying to find someone that would come to the house, but they were like 10 days out on their oh. appointments. Wow. And at that point, I had made my decision. I'm like, well, I could wait a couple of days, but I can't wait. A week and a half. Yeah. Yeah, that way. Yeah. And our regular vet was great, but it was still, they took him in. See, there was place no... the lines, but then they let me come in and hold him. Oh, okay. There was so I, no I was way like, I was I'm gonna, adamant about that. There was no way I was going to send Bones in without me. Right. Yeah. I was like, now, I will be there for the final needle. That's... Yeah. Kona, you weren't able to make a decision because Kona... No, he was totally fine the night before, and it was in the morning. We were waking up, and he just was lethargic. I'm like, that's weird. And granted, he was 12 years old, and he was blind. But he still loved to work here at the dog training. And I remember I was going to leave the next day on a road trip with my oh. dad to Oregon. Right. And I'm like, I can't leave him like this. Something's going on. And I remember bringing him to the vet. And that's when they diagnosed him with uh, hermandriosarcoma on his spleen that ruptured. Ruptured. And so there was internal bleeding. And it was like, what? Whoa. Wait. What? And then that's when I called Liz. <laughs> And I, I got there. I need your I, support. I have to come. I got there. Down. I got there before Kona passed. I got there pretty damn quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody, get out of my way. Yeah, that was this tough because that was totally. Un I think the one I remember the most that was a hard decision was Shasta. Shasta was tough. That we and again it was kind of like bones. We knew she had the cancer. And she had lymphoma, right? Yeah. 
and it was just going to be a matter of time, and I said, you know, spoil her every moment, and I did, and, and it was to a point where it was like, you know, when, when, when do I make that decision, and it was like, you know what, she will tell me, and she did. Yeah. We, I knew she, she, when she was ready. And then we loaded her in the back of my van, and she promptly sat up looking bright and cheerful. Road, road trip. trip! We made so many road trips in that van. We put her in the van, and it was like, a road trip? And then she laid down again, and I was like, oh. It was like her last burst of oh. energy. <laughs> We're going on a road trip! Yep, because we had Kona and Riker. Kona and Riker. Came with us went to say goodbye. So and went into the exam room with yeah. her. And that was so wild. But she was on the table. The doctor did their thing. She was conscious, she, but not very. Right, right. I mean, she so was... So knew it was time. Yeah. It was not her. Other than the road trip comment. Yeah. I remember Liz and I looked at each other and didn't say a word, because when it was over, the two dogs looked up. Both remember? of them, the as she took time. her last breath, they both looked up at the ceiling in a corner of the exam room. And even the vet was going, yeah, um, all of us were like, what? <laughs> I know, Twilight Zone. Wow. Yeah. yeah that was... I've never seen that before, and I've never seen it again. No. There's three yeah. of us that witnessed it, and we were dumbfounded. I guess, because, what? Like, what? The tears didn't even come immediately, because we were all going, whoa. <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's the next step. Once you, you've realized it's, a t it's time, there's really two common options. You take your dog into your veterinary clinic. Although, like Kate said, COVID has made things difficult at times. Or you can have a veterinarian come to the house. I knew with Bones I wanted someone to come to the house. I've never had someone come to the house before. And Bones had been very comfortable at our vet clinic. Until COVID. He had two visits to the vet where he had to go in with the vet tech and I had to wait in the car. First one, he went in pretty well. Both were for minor things, but the first one was for a rabies shot. He went in pretty well. I mean, his tail was wagging. He kept looking over his shoulder at me, but his tail was wagging. The second time, I don't remember what that was. It wasn't for anything serious, but they had to drag him in. He said, no, I don't want to go. And that really, really bothered me. It really bothered me. So for his last vet visit, I didn't want to take him in with him feeling like that. Right. So I called around to a few veterinarians who do in-home euthanasia. And I found one gentleman that I liked his wife who answered the phone. She's the one that sold me. Very patient. When I got teary and choked up, take your time, honey. I'm not in a rush. We can take care of this. Take a deep breath, blah, blah. Without being condescending, she was very, very good. Very good. And she sold me on him, who turned out to be her husband. But when he came in, he was very good with bones, who at this point is failing. He started getting a raspy cough, which was fluid in the lungs. He's his body was failing. He was anemic and dehydrated and he quit eating. He quit quit eating a day and a half ahead. So he he was if I hadn't had the vet come it wouldn't have been long. But I wouldn't want him to have gone through that. So the veterinarian was very good with bones. 
the the other thing that I was incredibly impressed by is Bones is anemic and dehydrated and so forth, and the vet got the vein at the first poke, which which is very nice because you don't want him poking around, but yet dehydrated and anemic it, very well he could have had collapsed veins, yeah. but he got the got it the first time, and then he didn't rush me through the process. All right, well, we need to take a break for our sponsors, so hold on. We've got a lot more to talk about when we get back. For those fortunate to have experienced the deep bond and unconditional love of a companion animal, the death that follows can be one of the most difficult and misunderstood losses to go through. Many times, this devastating loss goes unrecognized and trivialized by family and friends, leaving grieving pet parents struggling to find healthy ways to cope with the loss. In And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal for healing the loss of a pet, Dr. Julianne Corbin calls attention to the difficulties unique to the loss of a beloved pet and provides an interactive and compassionate guide to help you process your loss and work towards coming to a place of peace and healing. For those interested in journal therapy and looking for a professionally written and compassionate resource to help understand and reconcile the grief associated with the loss of your pet, this book is for you. And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal by Julianne Corbin is now available for purchase on Amazon and other major book retailers. So, what's your reaction, Kate, when you hear Ben and Jerry's now has dog treats? Now I won't have to share my ice cream with them anymore. Because, <laughs> you know, anybody comes near me when I'm eating my Ben and Jerry's, they're likely to get growled at. Right. No, I think it's a cool idea. I've sometimes made my dogs frozen treats or gotten some that are commercially available. But considering how much I love Ben and Jerry's, it's about time my puppy dogs got to enjoy that as well. I know my ultimate favorite one is the uh, Cherry Garcia. Oh. oh my gosh. Yeah, I'll growl if anybody comes near me while I'm eating that. Um, I'm a chunky monkey freak. Yeah, <laughs> like that that way. But so also, the- I love peanut butter. And did you know that one of the new dog flavors is Ponch? It has peanut butter and pretzels. Ooh. And Rosie has pumpkin and mini cookies. That That's M-I-N-I. I'm sure it has lots of cookies, too, but they're little <laughs> small cookies in there. Mini cookies and pumpkin. Which I do give my boy pumpkin in his dinner, so this would actually be a nicer way for him to get it. Yeah. So I think I would qualify mine in the freezer with my ice cream. And then I'll have to label my the dog's version of Ben & Jerry's as the frozen treat. Doggy dessert. And one way you can tell is instead of the black and white cow on the front of the little container, it's a black and white dog. Oh my God, that's for the dog treat. So, so yeah, you can tell which one is which because it's <laughs> their dog frozen treats are are not designed for humans. Made with human quality ingredients, but not designed for humans. So you do want to keep them separate. And I can only give my boy a little bit, if I dare, of my own ice cream my Ben and Jerry's ice cream because yeah it doesn't always set well with him but now he has his own he's gonna have his own all right so go out there buy some for your furry little friend there and then enjoy together enjoy let's talk pets let's talk pets on pet life radio pet life radio pet life radio dot com we know you're begging for more 
So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome back to It's a Doggy Dog World. This is your host, Liz Palaika, with my good friends, Petra Burke and Kate Abbott. I mean, I was ready. I knew Bones was ready. It was time. I didn't have any reservations, but he didn't rush me through it. The other animals were there. I had put the two dogs in the back bedroom. The cats could come and go, but nobody was right there. It was just Bones and I, and Bones went easily. Then I went and got Hero, brought him out on leash. He sniffed, was startled initially when he sniffed Bones, but he sniffed and went, hmm, I could see the wheels turning. When he was ready to turn away from Bones and I took him back to the bedroom and I brought Seven out. Now, I wasn't expecting much of a reaction from Seven because her playmate is Hero. Bones was like, all right, Dad. Mm-hmm. But she came out, took one sniff of Bones, jumped on top of him, laid down on top of him, straddling his body, and growled at the veterinarian. Whoa. <laughs> what did you do to him? He took a couple steps back. Now, I had the leash on her, so I could make sure she didn't do anything. But my chin is down on my chest, I'm sure, because I'm going, what? (laughs) Now, she's two, coming into adulthood, but Bones had never, she'd never shown any signs that Bones was that important to her. It's always been hero, but... But he was always there, and he was always in charge. And he was always vital and moving and energetic and, and yes, the, the boss. And that reaction was over quickly. You know, she growled at the veterinarian. He took a couple steps back wisely. And then she kind of shook it off and I took her back to the bedroom. It was at that point that Kirk, my big orange cat, who's six, a couple years younger than Bones, wandered out. Of his own volition, he sniffed Bones, sniffed his back feet, sniffed his front feet, put his paws up on the love seat where Bones was, sniffed his mouth, sat down in front of the love seat, and as cats do, wrapped his tail around his feet and just stared at Bones for a while. It seemed like a long time. It was probably maybe only 20 or 30 seconds, but it seemed like, because we just froze. What's the cat doing? We didn't, neither the veterinary moved. And then Kurt got up and wandered away. You know, it was like he was acknowledging or... Or speaking to his spirit. Or speaking Cats to his spirit. Cats different. You never know. Cats, you, yeah, you never know. But it was like, whoa. Now, the other thing that this veterinarian did, and I know several veterinarians who do in-home euthanasia offer the same thing. They will either leave your pet with you So if you have property and you can legally bury your pet, if you want to do that, you can. I live in suburbia. There's no way I could do that. No way I could dig a hole that deep if I wanted to. But I'm not sure I'd be comfortable with that anyway, with a 50-pound dog. Even a smaller dog. uh, My mother's terrier died. She was living in a suburb housing complex. Yeah. And she buried him in the backyard. Yeah. First of all, if you are going to do so, just, you know, wrap in fabric. Don't put them in Tupperware. Oh, Tupperware? No. Your mom? Yeah. Oh, boy. Or, or plastic, plastic bags. bags. The couple that 
owned my mom and dad's house before they moved into it, had a mixed breed dog pass, and they wrapped him really, really securely in plastic bags. And then my mom put it in Tupperware. Anyway, yes. yes. So who found, was it your mom? Or that your dad must have been the one digging down there? Yeah, my dad was doing so. Did they even tell him that they were in the backyard? No. But I knew the dog because I knew the couple. I well between the sandy soil and the gentleman getting older and didn't dig a terribly deep hole and the high water table Oops. and plastic bags, the dog was coming up out of the soil. So Dad was doing yard work and was seeing edges of a trash bag, and so started. Pulling up or digging up the trash bag. And it was a mummified dog in trash bag. He hadn't even decomposed significantly because he was no, so well wrapped. Stuff. My cremated in a little box. Yeah. In my closet. <laughs> All of my previous dogs were, I have an oh. assortment of little cedar boxes with baggies yeah. in. And uh, this veterinarian took bones with him and he took him to be cremated and they'll call me when he's ready and he'll join my collection mm-hmm. and then when I'm in my retirement home and I have my dreamed greenhouse and raised bed gardens I will sprinkle them all and I'll take that little plate off the front of the cedar box and put it in the <laughs> and then we'll see how well the tomatoes grow and how well the flowers yeah. grow and yeah, <laughs> I still laugh uh, in a weird way a friend who had named me an executor of her state. She had all the cedar boxes. Cats, dogs, and rabbits. Yeah. She did House Rabbit Society. Yeah. So she, there were maybe 12, 14 boxes. Oh, oh dear. Oh. I've got four or five. <laughs> and her brother had died the year before. And she had his. And they had sent her the ashes, which were in a plastic bag in a brown cardboard box. But all the pets were in cedar boxes. <laughs> and there her brother sat in his cardboard box. <laughs> cardboard box. <laughs> you know, and, and there wasn't a whole lot of identification on it. I'm like, what's in here? Oh, dear. <laughs> f- f- I should learn then to open boxes. Oops. Tupperware or otherwise. <laughs> yeah, your mom. But just the stories you told us about your mom, I'm almost, I'm really not surprised at Tupperware box. Yeah, I was putting in a underground plumbing uh, sprinkler system in her backyard um, after she passed to sort of improve the backyard. Yeah, and it was right there in my in my line, in my trench line. Yeah. <laughs> should should we ask what you did then? Rebagged and into city trash. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah, that was. <laughs> it wasn't like when I found the. Um, ordinance and the ammo can. That got a call to the fire department. Oh my. <laughs> like I said, I'm going to quit opening boxes. <laughs> oh my. Oh dear. There is a another option. Yes. That, um, with my own collection of boxes, I'm considering this. You take a little bit of the, uh, they send you, to tell you how much to send. A few ashes, tablespoon or so, and you send it to these companies, and then you can pick the color of the crystal paperweight. Oh, oh there's some that make jewelry pendants or yeah, yes, in glass. That. I did draw the line at the nose print 
necklace. Oh, yeah. That was no. a little bit too much for me, yeah. personally. Yeah, it's yeah. okay with others, but yeah. I kind of like the idea of these little globes. Yeah. With a portion of them in it. With a swirl glass. of color. Or, yeah. Yeah. It, that, yeah. That appeals to me. It's in the back of my yeah. mind. I'm, I'm not terribly big on knickknacks, but yeah. Yeah, I think they some nice work. Yeah. The other thing that actually... I would rather have those out than the collection of, car of cedar boxes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the collection of cedar boxes are not out. They're in, That's a, true. they're in a trunk. I saw another one that would put some of their ashes in homemade paper with tree seeds. Oh, wow. So you can take that piece of paper. I think it's supposed to... I don't know. Anyway, it's homemade paper that will dissolve biodegradable and the ashes are woven into it and then the tree seeds and I guess you can pick certain types of trees and you know again if you're going to be living in that house for a period of time or if you want to go out in the forest or something and then plant it in the tree heck grows. you can even send it to them and they will compress it into a man-made diamond oh I've seen those too yeah oh. Wow. Yeah. It's just awesome. I think the options. trees are cheaper. Yeah, probably. <laughs> if you're on a budget. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. Hope we gave you something to talk about. And tune in to our. Oh, my head just went. It's like, can you imagine an engagement ring? Oh, it's, it, here's a diamond man made my dead dog. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> on that note, we're going to let you go. But tune into our next podcast. Oh, we're going to talk God. about. What happens at home? What happens with your other pets after your pet is passed on? Because there's always going to be some changes. So anyway, tune in for that. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.